Let's get ready to rumble. Yes, we're back. It is episode 67 of the Hibs Ramble. Again with you this week. Uh, it's just the pair of us. It's it's me and Sean. And Tommy is lying on the bed over there. So if you hear any babies crying, he's actually meant to be watching Dancing Vegetables at the moment. Um, so if you hear any crying or any gurgling, it's not me, it's not Sean. It is, uh, it's six-month-old Thomas. But uh, less about him. Sean, how on earth are you, my man? I thought for a second you were going to not introduce Tommy, but just say if any is here, any petulant children moaning and crying in the background, it's not Craig, it's not Mark. That's where I thought you were going with that. Um, yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, feel sorry for the listeners having to put up with us too, yet again for another Three week. times in a week? Madness. Madness. Can I get, can I get a better looking pod though, eh? So... This is it, mate. We're, we're trying our hardest. Trying our hardest. You, your skincare routine and all that, and your lovely cap on and that tonight. <laughs> Did you enjoy the weekend, anyway? Uh, weekend was good, mate. Yeah, it was good. Uh, cabbage getting a, a, a I'm going to say a well-earned, but probably a well-fought 1-0 victory. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, listen, the following week is always good, and your weekend is always good after Hibs have won, especially when we go into an international break. This is exactly it because we don't have them to disappoint us this weekend, uh, <laughs> but we will. Uh, we'll just jump right in it. So, can you hear him? No, I'm laughing because you say oh, we'll just jump right into it because you say that every week as well, and I, I think it's just a routine now for you, so it makes me laugh. I think it is. I think it is. I'm going to put his Dodie back in. You got to remember, you've got your mic as well, so it doesn't. Uh... Doesn't he pick up as much as you maybe I think know. it does? But see, see if you hear him, then text me. Okay. And I'll sort him. Because if if you can hear him, then the mic is obviously picking up. Right, okay. <clears throat> right, we'll just jump right in it, Sean, eh? Yes, um, So there was a couple of changes from the team that started in Paisley. Um, Eliane and Rory Whitaker dropped out, and Martin Boyle and Lewis Miller came back into the starting 11 were you expecting that or did you think there was going to be more changes um i'm glad that campbell kept his place um and i know we'll obviously come on to talk about josh um i kind of thought lewis would maybe come into it i think it would have maybe been a bit too much for rory to start again at the weekend um and i was kind of glad that elian was dropped um i know he's Technically, one of, if not the best player in the uh, in our squad, and is capable of moments of magic, which we've seen in recent weeks at times when he's not been playing that great. But his overall performance for a good good few weeks now, maybe even month or two, hasn't necessarily been that great. So maybe it was a wee rest that he needed. But again, with the international break, is there really any point in dropping anyone? Um, I actually thought that with Boyle coming in. And Miller coming back in, I actually thought that Campbell would have stayed up top alongside mm-hmm. Venti. Um, although, obviously, Boyle went through the middle again, which I understand based on how we set up against Aberdeen in the, the semi-final. Um, but yeah, I was the only, the only annoyance that I had is how we were set up in regards to how we laid out on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, again, another 4-4-2. Um, 
I didn't actually get in for the, the offside goal, so I've not actually seen it back. Um, but I'll just get your thoughts on it. I mean, it seems like it's every every week that we're talking about an offside goal or or uh, or something else. But I, I actually didn't see it. I I was late coming in because the traffic was brutal. But did you see it? Were you in on time? I was in early. Uh, consumed a horrific steak pie, which, by the way, I just want to go on record and say that I saw the West Stand had some decent looking pies, but in the East. They seem well, to be I, horrendous. I didn't have the, the so, pie that I had at the week. I've actually got a grievance with the catering staff that we'll touch on when we, when yeah. we go to the pie membership, but Not overly happy. Um, I know I've already submitted my rating for this, this season, but I, I was not best pleased. And um, I'm happy yeah. for you to do a rescore. Well, if I do a rescore, it's going to be a lot less than what my original score was. So um, you're the officiator on it so I'll let you decide however um, getting back to my point uh, yes I was in the door early um, and I was there for the offside it looked cut and dry I've not seen it back so I can't tell you how close it was um, I, I'm a firm believer that the naked eye doesn't necessarily lie too much um, <clears throat> and he looked clear offside at the time uh, so I don't really have any grievances with that but he doesn't need he doesn't need to necessarily play on the on the line would probably be my only issue because he's got that he's still got a little bit of pace he's still faster than most players mm. albeit his injury so um I'm all fine with him playing on the edge in regards to the edge of the shoulder of the last defender but when you've got that pace maybe hold back a little bit or give yourself that extra yard or two just in case yeah exactly and I mean we'll we'll just touch on Campbell again obviously he he came in again for the second game in a row. He's, he's scored now twice on the bounce. Um, does it make him kind of undroppable for uh, the Aberdeen game? And I know we touched on it uh, after the St Mirren game. Do we think that there is actually a place for him in Monty's Hibs team after all? I think there's a space for him in Monty's squad. Um, I don't think he's of the... Because of the position and the role that he plays or has played under previous managers, I don't actually think that... Um, I don't think he's worthy of a consistent start in the 11, um, especially against the likes of like a Celtic or a Rangers or a Hearts. I would say Aberdeen. Remember who but, you're talking to here, Sean? Um, I'm aware. Josh Campbell's uh, biggest fan. But every time he, he plays in these bigger games, he seems to step up. And every time he plays against Aberdeen as well, he seems to score based on his, his record. So I feel like there is a spot for players like that in Monty's squad. Um, it, every time he scores last season and this season, the players seem to, I don't want to say more happy for him than other players, but they do seem to be happier and show it a little bit more mm-hmm. both on the pitch when they score and like on social media as well, like when he's when he's put his post up. So he's clearly well-loved within the squad um, and he obviously brings a lot to the dressing room. I know sometimes that isn't it. You need to obviously deliver on the pitch. He's delivered on the pitch the last couple of games. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying undroppable, but he's definitely got um, attributes within his game that can benefit our side, um, especially in like inbound the striker, or as Tommy would say, something else. <laughs> well, he's he's talking. He's dancing vegetables. He's calling dancing vegetables, Dada. 
And I don't know if that is an insult or not. Because do I look like a piece of dancing broccoli, Sean? You don't look like you eat any broccoli, Liam. So I don't know where he's getting that. <laughs> I mean, there's never been a single broccoli in this house apart from dancing on the telly. So I'm not too sure, uh, I'm not too sure what his thought process is behind that. But um, we'll move on to the, the Boyle penalty shout. I just seen on Twitter before we came on that Dermot Gallagher thought <laughs> thought that it was it, he thought it was a penalty, and the others in the Sky Studio thought it wasn't a penalty. Um, when I saw it first, when I was at the game, I thought penalty. Saw it back, not convinced. Um, but I thought it was odd that the referee wasn't even told to check it. Yeah, there was one in recent weeks similar to that. Maybe it was, maybe, it, I don't know. I can't remember when it was. I feel like recently he's had another incident like that, um, as well as the one at the weekend, and that one wasn't given either. So I wasn't, like, it takes, now it takes a lot for me to be baffled by the decision-making or lack of decision-making by the Scottish officials at the moment, especially in recent weeks. And um, based on my tweet that I put out at the weekend as well, it certainly rattled a few fan bases that the, the point that I was trying to make clearly went over certain individuals' heads. However, um, I didn't think it was a penalty at the time. I don't really feel like, for me, Dermot Gallagher's got any level of trust in what he's saying because he, the amount of nonsense he, he spills sometimes on, on Monday mornings on Sky Sports. Yeah, it's, I don't really Big trust what comes out of his mouth. Craig so despises Dermot Gallagher. The fact that he said that it is a penalty, cool, great, it just gives us more annumition <laughs> as a club to have another grievance with the officials. Um, I've seen them given, I've also seen them not given. Whether it was actually officially checked or not as a different conversation I could understand why it would be given but I, I can understand again why it's not, depends on how the contacts came about, I know Dermot Gallagher when he was talking about it he thought it was a penalty um, and then I can't remember, it's Danny Mills then says that it looks like he initiates the con- contact by going right but then again he could just be going right to go on his right foot and then yeah. hit it but so, then what's the rules on that though, what's, like, what's the rules? That's what is so frustrating is that things like that are given in other games. I mean, I, I don't want to turn into, you know, again like pure anti-SFA pod like we're seeming to be every week. But I mean, some of the decisions, the the other decisions that were made across the league on Saturday and Sunday were equally as baffling. I mean, the the biggest one for me, I know that Rangers got kind of a bit of a dubious penalty on Sunday against... A bit of a dubious penalty? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it, it's not a penalty. No, it's not. I, I didn't I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if the referee went over to check no, the screen did or did he, did he just give it? It was, it was given straight away. So yeah. that that's frustrating. And then you look at the, the Hearts-Motherwell game and that's another incident that I saw a video clip on Twitter and yeah, he doesn't kick him in the face and Boyce goes down holding his face but he's karate kicked him in the chest I feel like that makes Boyce's case worse, the fact that he touches his head where he's not been touched 
I think that's a, I think that's a penalty. I think that's a stone wall. Like he's he's. I mean, and I chopped him in his heart. Is it a case of it wasn't in the box though for that for that one? Because I know it was quite tight, whether it was in the box or not. But then, if you look at that back and you go, oh, it's not in the box. You've still got to send the boy off. That's serious foul play. Serious foul play. Yeah. And I just don't understand where where then the like what's going on. What is going on in the VAR room that you're not given decisions like that? And I know this is moving away from Boyle's penalty, and I don't really think it was a penalty looking at it back. But it's just now the conversation again about VAR, about what what is going on? Yeah, I think I, the thing is, I think I had a, a tweet off the Ramble account with the Jose Mourinho gif, right? Saying that if I speak, I'm in trouble. And then I went over to my own account, and then I just saw the replay and the replay and the replay again. And it riled me right up because of obviously like the conversation we had after the semi-final about the Venti, about the Duke, about the Sibic, about the other Rangers penalty in the semi-final. And then obviously the penalty they got yeah. again 24 hours after a penalty that we weren't given or a week after the one again that, that we weren't given. Like I said, I put the tweet out moaning about consistency that one was given and one wasn't. The Venti one has contact. The Rangers one doesn't have contact, but the, the two of them are very similar and have a lot of similarities. And then, like I said, it rattled two individual fan bases, which I'm sure you can guess who they were. But the point seemed to be going over everyone's heads. Like, I wasn't moaning that necessarily ours wasn't given. I was moaning about the fact that the Rangers one was when it was less than what ours one was. And I'm just... Mm. It, to get to my point... I have a real issue with the level of consistency within Scottish football at the moment at uh, what is meant to be the highest level or what is yeah. the highest level. And the only thing that is consistent is the fact that the refs are just consistently shite and consistently yeah. inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the real frustration. Um, it doesn't matter who's in the fact that we have VAR. I think it's the, who's operating the VAR and how they're implementing the rules. I could sit here yeah. and read the rule book to you to get back to your point about why the Boyle penalty wasn't given. And it doesn't matter if it ticks all the boxes. The way that the Scottish Refereeing Association or whatever they want to call themselves are officiating themselves at the moment, it's not within the parameters of the rule book. And it's it seems not to be embarrassing, that, to be honest. Ah, I mean, it seems even, like one set of rules is different from, a, from one instant to another. So exactly. that's where we need to get the level of consistency. And even if it wasn't, um, if it wasn't like Rangers and Celtic who were getting the decisions, and the rest of us weren't, or the rest of us it was so inconsistent, it's the fact that it is, it, like it is across the whole league, like it's happening every week. I was listening to the Sports Sound on the way to the game on uh, on Saturday, and they had Bobby Madden, and and they were going, well, surely these refs that are given decisions are are influenced by the crowd. Especially when, you know, they're given decisions for Celtic and Rangers because they'll always have a lot more supporters there than and than all the other clubs anyway. <clears throat> and Bobby Madden was going, Well, I don't think so. And I can't remember who it was, if it was Michael Stewart or or maybe Tom English or something. And he was going, Well, I know that they're professional and I know that they they are, you know, they act, they act as, as well as they can, but you can't tell me that 50,000 people trying to get you to make a decision and you're not leaning one way or another. So 
I don't know. I think there just needs to be a little bit of a... Someone needs to police it better. Someone needs to police the the, the fact that these refs are having stinkers week in, week out. And I mean, that's... don't think the ref had a great game apart from that on, on Saturday. Uh, I mean, that's the second now home game in a row that we've had a stinking referee. And then you can put John Beaton into that semi-final. Don't think the referee on the the St Mirren game was that bad, but um, I mean that's certainly the last two home games we've had stinkers of refs. So where does it end? Where where does the buck stop? Who who decides? You know, I mean, I'm all I'm again I'm off on a tangent about referees here, but I think it needs to be said that this has been for as far as long as I can remember the worst consistently it's been yeah I think. I think it comes it comes to the point that you said the other week and the point that we always seem to harp on about um is that they need to be made full time you like in the quality of league that we are trying to get to the fact that we have two teams qualifying for the champions league and the fact that some of them like willie Collum or some of the other top or what are deemed as top referees in scotland are going and referee in some of these European games. And like in the World Cup. How, yeah, how are they not like full time? And I, I don't know how the funding comes down to it and why they aren't or whatever, but I would have much rather like the money that the clubs put in to VAR, which I've heard figures of 200,000 put in or 300,000 put in by each of the clubs or whatever. Why surely the clubs wouldn't mind if that went to making the referees permanent? or like yeah. full-time, sorry, to bring their standard of refereeing up as well, rather than actually having VAR or doing both. You know what I mean? No, I agree. And that was another point that they made on Sportsound was that the clubs have put this much money into VAR. What if they just went, no? Nah. And I, I don't know if it's a conversation that is going to happen if we're going to have VAR now for the foreseeable or if they're going to bin it but it seemed like to like a a really serious conversation that they were having on sports sound that they they reckoned that it it might not last long i think the way that it's going it's, and in england as well it's ruining the game mate i know it's not listen scotland's not the only country that's having the issues with it but that doesn't we can't then use that as an excuse we can't then sit here and say, all right, okay, well, we're not the only country having problems, so we need to just kind of go by it. We've had it in the league for over a year. It was brought in halfway through the season, which was a disgrace and a, mm-hmm. as a starting point. Um, but listen, to get back to your point about the refereeing performance at the weekend as well, that was very, very poor. And for me, David Dickinson should just stick to his homes value under the hammer antiques. or value in his antiques or Dickinson's, Dickinson's real, real deal. deal. Whatever the Home shows are, he's doing Dublin. Uh, I think. I know he gets involved in one, but I maybe he should stick to that rather than refereeing because he's an act <laughs> as a referee. Name baller Paul McGinn. <laughs> um, back to the football and uh, and what Hibs did well, and what Hibs did do well in the first half was score a half decent goal. I thought a really nice um, solo run bursting through the middle from Martin Boyle looked like he'd kind of let it get away from him a little bit before he, he passed it off to Josh Campbell 
And uh, a good finish from Campbell. I think the goalie maybe will be disappointed that he, he didn't do a, a little bit better, but you know, Campbell still got to score it and he did. Uh, he made it two and two. Obviously scored against St Mirren. Uh, and I say that at the time, death taxis and Josh Campbell scoring for Hibs. Scores important goals. He does scores score important goals for us. Um, comes back to his key attributes that we spoke about earlier on or touched on earlier on. I think it's one of those goals where he's just tried to get it on target and hope for the best. Um, and luckily enough, it's in that little area where the ref, not the ref, sorry, the goalkeeper's like half already dived and it kind of goes underneath him. Um, five or five or six inches either side of that, it probably deflects off the goalkeeper and is saved. So a wee bit lucky with the goal, um, but nonetheless, it hit the back of the net and Kelly started the game well, I felt, the first 10 minutes. They tried to press us up high, tried to prevent us from playing out the best we could and put mm-hmm. us under a lot of pressure, but I felt like as the first half went on and on, the less Kamarnock had an impact in the game, and I felt that like the longer that we continued to play the way that we wanted to play as an out from the back and ask Kelly the question of, right, okay, come on to us, come and press us then. We tired them out as the half went on. Obviously, we got the goal, and then as the, as the first half went on, I just feel like we grew more and more into the, the first half. I think if I was to compare the first and the second half, I actually would think that we had a better first half performance in regards to what Monty wants to do rather mm-hmm. than the second half performance, which was all backs, backs against the wall and defending, where we never really seemed to get out. Um, but yeah, the second half performance wasn't the greatest. But the first half, like I said, we managed to get the goal, hang on and we grew into the game and we asked Kelly to come on to us and, and apply pressure and they tried and just got tired as the game went on. Yeah, I think uh, exactly. I'm echoing exactly what you said. I do. I do think we played all right first half. Uh, obviously, get the goal. And I mean, going in at half time one 0 you're chuffed, really. I mean, even if it's not the most the most pretty football, not the best football to watch. If you're going in at half time one 0 you're obviously doing something right, and that's the main thing. Second half, like you said, um, not an awful lot happened in terms of. Uh, in terms of Hibs chances, I feel like we did limit Kelly. We did limit them. Um, they, they only had one shot on target, I think, and it was right at the end. Um, <clears throat> but I, I felt also that we remained pretty solid and disciplined with the way that Monty clearly wants to play, playing out from the back. And um, you know, I, I think it was another another pretty good defensive performance as well. The the fact I mean, people are saying, Oh, Kelly Battered Hibbs, Kelly Battered Hibbs. I don't I don't think they really did, to be honest. Um I think they had more of the ball. They had a lot of the ball on our in our half, but they by no means battered us. No. I mean, I didn't think at any point in the second half that Kelly were going to score. No, I mean at the end of the first half, all the stats, positive stats anyway, were in our favour. The second half performance did and didn't fill me with confidence and what I mean by that is it didn't fill me with too much confidence in regards to how much we struggled to get out our own half and attack forward but it was good that Nick Montgomery came out and alluded to the fact that three or four of the boys were struggling with through illness so it appears that over the last kind of week, week and a half, two weeks we've had a wee bit of bug, a bug in the camp and maybe that's obviously affected fatigue And um, but yeah, the bit that 
did fill me with confidence was obviously the way that we defended. Um, and like you said, limited Kamarnock to, to very, very little. Like I said, we, we struggled to get out the half most of this most of the second half, especially the last 20, 25 minutes. It was a real tough watch. Um, but it was probably it was a lovely performance that Diego Simeone would have definitely be proud of because the way that we defended in the second half, like you said already, limited Kamarnock to pretty much nothing. But the fact that we continually try to play out for the back and Hibs fans just aren't used to that. It was it was quite difficult for some people to watch. So one of the the the, the standouts for Hibs, sorry, the, the one of the moments for Hibs in the second half shown was the fact that we had another penalty shout that wasn't given and wasn't checked by VAR. And I promise isn't going to turn into a, a big long tangent again. But was it a penalty for you, the the Joe Newell one? Without VAR, I would say it would have been given two, three years ago or whatever. Um, similar to my point that I mentioned about the Boyle penalty shout in the first half I'm now not surprised about whether things are or are not given regardless of how they look um, mm. when I saw it I didn't really think it was a penalty at the time based on what has happened in recent weeks um, watching it back the more I watch it the more I think yeah like we could have been in with a shout and it probably could have been given but again see what I said about the Boyle one in the first half. Like, it yeah. could have easily been given and easily <clears throat> wasn't given. Yeah, I mean, I I feel the same. I didn't think it was a penalty at the time, but, um, yeah, I think maybe looking back on it, you've seen them given. I think it's just it's just one of those ones. I think even without VAR, it's half a refs give it, half a refs don't. And... I'm not going to touch on consistency again because we'll be here all night. And we've got uh, listener questions in that to preview. But before we get to the listener questions, you didn't see it, you were already away, but Lewis Miller at full time, uh, giving it big licks to Joe Wright. I love stuff like that, eh? I absolutely love stuff like that. And I've got so much time for it. Are you guy that you didn't see it? Yeah, I think you probably would have had... The best view. I had, I had prime well. real estate for seeing it because it was right uh, down in front of me. Yeah, I think we've. I know he's not been away too long a time, but like since Poch just left, like we've we've missed someone we've where missed we've a bit character about them. I know Boyle has shades of it at times, like when we're winning or when things are going in our favour and stuff. And but Boyle's a lot more serious on the pitch than he is when he's off it. Whereas I feel like Lewis Miller can, you know. I flip the switch, just do either either or. He can either lose yeah. his head or he can either wind someone else up. Like he's just a wind up match him, which is great and I'm all for it. Um so yeah, love to see it. Love to see more of it. Um as long as he doesn't get himself in bother. Absolutely. And just before we jump on to the listener questions, we will talk about your pre match pie, Sean. Which pie is the best in the pie review? I don't know if I want to, if I'm honest, because then I might I might end up ranting and I feel like the score that I put in the chat at the weekend is being no, I'm, generous. I'm gonna I'm gonna make an executive decision so that you can't rescore. I know. Because I didn't rescore any of mine last season. I don't think it would be fair to then be able to rescore. And that's and fine because I think it, I, I, I don't think, I know for a fact that it does Hibs a favour 
by not rescoring it because I scored it as a five, six, seven, eight, nine, and easily two of those columns could have been a zero if if you would have allowed it. So yeah, it was not great whatsoever. And the less time we speak about it, the better. If I'm honest, all I want to say is that the caterings, not necessarily the catering staff, but the options that at Easter Road Stadium and the quality of the options at Easter Road Stadium must improve and must improve fast, um, especially in the, mm. the East anyway, in the East. Yeah. Well, I went down, this, I, I've got a gripe with Hibs catering after the weekend. I went down, I think it was maybe about 15 minutes into the first half um, and I wanted the haggis fries because I've had them before and they're quite good. So I went, oh, can I have the haggis fries and a bovril? So the lassie took my order and was like, I no worries. Gave me the bovril and then she was like, all right, see you later. I went, am I not getting my chips? Or... And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. So went away. She was away for about five minutes looking for these chips and someone else came and was like, oh, it'll be seven minutes wait on the fries and I went I mean there's nothing you can really do about that I mean they just need to cook me out chips it's fine um, and I was like well I'm not standing down here for seven minutes and they went alright give, well, give me one of those buzzers you get at the market and I'll come back once, <laughs> once it's ready I was like I'm not waiting down here for seven minutes and I was like actually just give me give me. I went give me a steak pie instead I'll have that and I went actually no the chips were like £5.50. Give me two steak pies. <laughs> so they gave me two steak pies and both of them were rancid. I gave one to my dad. Um, not rancid, but I mean, not great. Too much pastry, not enough filling. The pies at Hibs, not good. Not really not good. So I think they, they kind of need to buck up their ideas. And that is my gripe, really, with the, with the catering stuff. But listen, we'll leave it at that. And we'll we'll have a clean slate for the Aberdeen game. Hopefully, um, hopefully they'll they'll have redeemed themselves by then, Sean. I won't be holding my breath. <laughs> Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Okay, so we will move on now to the listener questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. First things first, Sean, as always, John is saying, couldn't care less about the performance. All that mattered was the three points and what is for dinner? Um, I actually had a pre-dinner, pre-pod dinner, and I'm having a post-pod dinner um, because our HelloFresh delivery was later than expected this evening. So pre-match, just a little star, a wee, a wee filler, filler upper. I had a chicken and chorizo pie. Oh, mm. it was good. Like a like good. a handheld or a larger. Uh, it, was, it was like, say like that size. You get it for the bakers or the shops? Size. No, I got it from Lidl actually. Really? Not got it from Lidl. There's a Lidl up the road yeah. for me. I'm maybe. Would you recommend it? I I would not on its own, obviously with sides, but because it was a pre-pod dinner. Yeah, not bad for like just... a lunch or something. Ah, it was all right. It was all right. It was good. Um, I'll have a wee look the next time. Won't get into the details of it, but yeah, I'm having a for actual dinner. I'm having a truffle burger with chips Ooh. and 
can't remember what the side salad is, but yeah, truffle burger. Can't that wait. Awesome. That sounds brilliant. And it puts my chicken chow mein that I'm having to shame. Um, next up, John Tomey is saying, why is Jair Tavares so good? And that is someone that we've not really spoken about so far on the podcast. And I actually feel quite bad because I loved you. He's, um, he's improving week on week. So fair play to him. Um, listen, I still stand by the fact I feel like at this moment in time, we should have a better level of quality player in our squad. But with the squad that we have at the moment and with the players that we have available at the moment and the amount of games that we've had recently, he has done a lot better than other players that have been on the pitch. Yeah, so um, he's sure. deserved the game time in recent weeks. And it's good to see that Nick has given more than enough opportunity to, to more than just him, but to all the, all the players within the squad. Exactly. Um, Billy's asking, what position should be our number one priority in January? I'm, hmm, I'm going to say, I want to say a goalkeeper, but it won't be because Wallacott, and we paid money for Wallacott. Um, so I'll go centre half. I feel like, especially in, in recent weeks, defensively, at times, we've been all over the shop. And whether that's partly to do with the system and what Monty's asking of them, or maybe it's part of to do with the personnel not being able to take on the instructions, I just feel like defensively, whether that be a six or whether that be a four or a five, I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. I, f- I just feel like we need to recruit defensively. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be past us signing a number 10 to be that link. Um, you know, but if, then does a 10 play in, in Monty's style? Well, if he's playing the 4-4-1-1, then it would. It just depends who the player is, really. Yeah. But, I mean, I think a centre-half, we, we kind of need a little bit more cover at centre-half as well, don't we? Um, Jeff Ashton is asking, deserved it after all the good performances recently. Uh, which this wasn't, but we did enough. No failures and the defence was outstanding. I think the defence played really very well. Um, Like we said, limited Kilmarnock to very, very little. Um, And yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it on karma, we probably did deserve it uh, over the last few weeks' performances. So it's good to, to get that win over the line, I think. Agreed. Gav Dick is saying, didn't catch the game today, but is it just me that hates when we shoot into the famous five stand in the first half? I hate it as well because it makes me want to get up and leave at half time. Yeah, it, it, it threw me off. Um, it's just a psycho- psychological thing by Derek McInnes. Who knows? But yeah, it's. Um, it's Obviously, tradition. doesn't work very well. No. It's tradition, the way that we Try shoot. Again next time. So. Uh, Paul Mackay is asking the referee, why does it seem we get him? It's all about him, and it seems to never be in total. Uh, sorry, seems to never be in total control of the game. Uh, also, Lewis Miller getting booked after the game. <laughs> Any clues? I mean, Lewis Miller for for giving it the big one nil to to Joe Wright. I thought it was hilarious. Eh? But um, yeah, again, touching on the points that we've made earlier about referees and how they are absolute shit. Next up is Harvey Scott, and he's asking, how's everyone doing? 
Doing well. What a nice doing, question doing to well. ask, eh? Doing well. I hope you, I hope they're doing well as well. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, Harvey. Thanks for asking, mate. Um, Kevin Swan is saying, worst performance in a while brings three points. Football, eh? Uh, fans could do with chilling out at times, though. Half the stadium shouting for Marshall to play a quick ball wide left to Campbell, who had three players on him. I did feel like there was a bit of frustration um, within the crowd on on Saturday, but I think it just comes with, you know, obviously Marshall wasn't playing out as quick as we'd like, but, you know, hang on. So it's a difficult one, really, Sean, eh? But you want your players to be playing the best they can, but if we're getting... Yeah. What we said when we sacked Lee Johnson was we need to get someone in who will win at all costs, and that was a win at all costs, and the cost was a pretty performance, uh, a good-looking performance, which that wasn't. So, listen, you just need to kind of take the rough with the smooth, innit? Yeah, and we're, all, we're also continually sticking by the options that, that we have available and we're sticking by um, Monty's you know, methodology in regards to how he wants to play. So mm-hmm. whether that's sometimes playing it to the left or right centre half and then popping it out to the right winger or the left winger or the fullbacks or whatever, these little passages he play or phases he play, whatever you want to call them, are what we're working on week in, week out. Unfortunately, at times, some players aren't always switched on in regards to the next ball or the next phase of play. And that's kind of where it breaks down. And yeah. what I mean by that is when it goes into Rocky and then maybe into midfield, similar to like the Jago slip against Celtic when we were trying to play out. These mistakes are going to happen. Um, you mentioned on the Celtic pod that we didn't get punished by the best team in the league and Kilmarnock also did not punish us. So it, it would be easy to sit here and say someone is going to punish us for that if we don't get better at it. We literally done it against the best team in the league and we're not punished. So, They've got to be growing in confidence, surely. Correct. correct. That's exactly what I was just about to say. The more and more we do it and the more time on the training field, the better the players will get at it because the longer they'll be doing it for and the more they'll be learning from it as well. And the fact that it is working as well, a lot of our positive passages of play and our positive transitions from front to back and our positive chances over the last three or four games have all came from playing out from the back. Yeah. Yeah, no, they really have. And you always put that in the chat as well. When we, when we have a nice chance or a nice move, you're always putting the, the love heart eyes emoji in the chat. So that's when you know that Hibs are doing well. When, when to Sean be fair, is though, that, that, that was just coincidence after what Mark said. And then we had directly after Mark <laughs> putting that in the chat, we had a chance that we played out for the back. Mark so, is very fickle. You know this, Sean. You know this. Uh, um, but that actually leads on really nicely to the next them. question. Roddy Scott is asking three points at last, but that was a hard watch. I know they're told to play it out from the back, but fuck me, it's an accident waiting to happen. I mean, we'll probably will lose a goal from it at some point, but it looks to me as if they are growing in confidence with it, Sean, and kind of like like what you said. Um, I think that I mean they're doing they're doing all right. I mean, with the fact that Monty's coming and and giving us this new style of play, and you know, very was very very different to what Lee Johnson was expecting the players to do. It's it's actually a miracle that we've not <laughs> that and, we've not shot ourselves in the what, foot. Right, and what Monty's asking us to do is getting 
the not the best out of some individuals, but it's getting a better level of performance out of some individuals that Lee Johnson ever did. Yeah. I think we need to remember that as well. Nice one. And that wraps us up for Twitter, but we'll move on to Instagram. Um, again, you can get us on Instagram with the same handle as we are on Twitter, at the Hibs Rambo. Uh, Nige has popped up on Instagram and said, I love the questions from Nige because they're always really long and in-depth and I feel like he's got a really good grasp on on uh, he's kind of got the same sort of ideas as, as us. He says, first half we struggled to get into the game, tried to play out from the back, but fair play to Kelly. They pressed well and looked the more likely to score. Too many slack passes and lack of options. We didn't offer much other than Boyle's offside goal. Second half better, but felt we didn't play with enough urgency. Boyle did well to stay on his feet for the pass to Campbell, and he finished it well. Not pretty, but in the end we got the job done. I'll be honest though, I thought we were looking like we might throw it away as Kelly pushed forward, but fair play to the lads. Positives, Campbell has had a couple of decent games and Jair seems to have a bit more confidence. Negatives, Venti and Boyle seem to be going through a bit of a cold streak. Three points in the bag though and a happier drive back home to Newcastle for me. Enjoy your weekend. I feel like he's got great great points there. Um, the, the, only did, stuff, the only stuff to really reiterate is the like the Boyle and Venti stuff. I think at the moment... Like Boyle's had a penalty shout turned down, which he would have took. Penalty shout in the second half of Joe Newell turned down. That could have been another Boyle goal. Boyle's offside goal. Boyle's offside goal against Aberdeen. So very, very fine margins. Um, I think Boyle is slowly getting back to kind of the level of performance that we're maybe used to. But I think he's also trying to adjust to the new system and the new shape. And coming back from... Aye, with being the final attacker on the final man as well, which he's not traditionally used to either. Um, And Venti's obviously adapting his play and and playing a lot deeper at the moment, um, which comes back to the point. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that, to be honest. Nah, I would rather he was the one on the last man with Boyle and behind. Aye, but again, that only works with those two being wide and then we're sacrificing the shape. For what we're trying to get out of the players. So listen, yeah. I trust Monty. Monty's but not going to do that. No. We tweaks, I would I would like to see. Yeah. Uh, and finally, just before we move on to a quick fantasy football update, Rudy Mulvey has got in touch on Instagram and is asking after the final uh, sorry, the semi-final, when I was talking about our lack of squad depth, I complained that we'd bring on Josh Bloody Campbell to save us. He's proved me wrong and for now and long may it continue. Also, has Sean got a cousin called Jack who's a chemistry teacher? They sound so alike. Um, I do not. That I'm aware of. But you're um, aware of. That Maybe I'm aware of. I would like to, to meet this person if we sound alike or have any similarities in any way. Well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't like to meet them if, uh, if they're anything like you, Sean. I'm sorry that was nasty, I didn't mean it. Okay, quickly, just to wrap us up, we just have move, got... Just like, are you ignoring the rest of Rudy's point because they slightly criticised Josh Campbell and it's, he's your favourite player of all time? Yes. Okay. Um, just to quickly move on, we are going to have a little chat about fantasy football update. So after game week 13, it remains the same at the top two. We've got McGinn, Antonic and what's the story, Ross McCrory. And the rest of the top five is made up of Sunny Eleven, 
ahead of the Neto, which I don't think they've been in the top five this season. And uh, rounding off the, t- the top five is the Fife Jets by Billy Sterling. So that's not too bad, actually. I mean, Hybees for Europe dropping out. Ikarumba Umba Chumba FC dropping out of the top five. Very, very, um, very surprising. And Sean, only need to scroll down a little bit because you are 15th. I am. I, thought, I actually thought I had a very good weekend after the slight in that you and Craig gave me. I've tried to actually stay on top of it now mm. because of how high up I got. Um, and I thought I had a really good weekend, but others had better. Yeah, well, I'm 61st, so you had a better one for me. And that will uh, that will wrap us up. Thanks very much for joining me, Sean. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure again. We will not be back next weekend, uh, next week, sorry, because it's the international break. We are going to have a little break ourselves and we'll be back after the Aberdeen game. So have a good week. Uh, enjoy the Scotland games and we will catch you on the flippity flip. See you Bye. later. Let's get ready to run.